It is seconds before 9.30. It's time for Food Talk. I'm Marianne Myers, and I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Linda Perkins. Morning, Marianne. I got my apron on. You do? It's not my cleanest apron. (laughs) It's a working apron. It's one that my feet hit (laughs) when I got up. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! Well, what's new? Uh, Let's see. Um, Well, you know, I've been trying to learn how to cook fish better because yes. I'm just not very good at it. And so um, I made a new sauce this past couple, of, well I guess I made it about a week and a half ago. And um, it's one I got a friend who uh, lives in Maine now but I used to work here, Johnny, and he's um, been trying to teach me how to cook fish from a distance. But it was a really interesting sauce that uses avocado at its base. Anyway, I'd never made anything like it before. So what what um what he had me do was put an avocado in a blender with about a cup of basil packed, you know, fresh basil, some lemon juice, some olive oil, salt and pepper. Was there anything else? I think that was it. Maybe a little bit of garlic. Can't remember. Anyway, um, I packed my blender wrong. Like I put the avocado in first and then the leaves on top so they wouldn't blend, oh, you know? Oh, right. So what I, th- oh, oh, and some water, like three tablespoons of water. So I think that what I did was um, just, the flavor was good. But the texture was a little moussey, like, you know, uh-huh. like a chocolate mousse. And I think what I did is I just whirred that avocado within an inch of its life, trying to get that basil to incorporate it. I should have put the basil in there first, you know. Yeah. And so anyway, um, but it was good. And I, I've never made a sauce like that. You don't heat it up or anything. And so you just put it on the fish. So I grilled the fish. And what then, kind of fish? Oh, salmon. Sorry. It was a, right. a salmon sauce. And so when I grill salmon... I have a propane grill. I just get it pretty hot, and I put oil, salt, and pepper on the fish, and then I, I put it skin side up, two minutes, 90 degrees, I, you know, so you get nice grill marks, a grid, uh, two minutes, and I flip it over till it's done, and that's usually about three minutes, and that, so you, that works really well with me. So you start skin side up? Yeah, okay. so flesh side down, and um, uh, it rarely sticks, so... So, um, and I don't oil the grill, I oil the fish. Uh-huh. A lot of people oil the grill, but I always start tremendous and house-threatening fires when I do that. And so I just <laughs> oil the fish. That just works a lot better for me. <laughs> but yeah, what an interesting sauce. Yum. And um, really interesting, really good flavor. Uh, you know, interesting, that can be a euphemism. Wow, what an interesting I hairstyle. Know. That's like, <laughs> bless your heart. <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> Well, uh, great minds. I got to say great minds because I was thinking in terms of avocados this morning. Really? Without benefit of discussing it with you. What are the odds? (laughs) I think uh, that's great. I think the odds are that there's a lot of really good avocados lately. That's the odds. And and, um, this is a very good um, salad dressing, but it's also good as a, a sandwich spread or a, even a chip dip or okay. uh, depending on how much you whir it up because you could just do this with a fork. Okay. Um, so it is just um, avocado and um, some mayonnaise and a little dollop of sour cream like a, uh, about uh, if you're going to use one whole avocado, maybe like a half a cup of mayonnaise and, and maybe just a tablespoon of sour cream. Okay. Just enough to give it a little tang and okay. creaminess. And then um, fresh squeezed Lime juice, a little Dijon mustard. Lime and Dijon, not lemon. That's great. Yeah. And um, some um, cilant- fresh cilantro. Okay. And hot sauce like sriracha or Tabasco or something, just a dash up to you. You wouldn't have to do that, but it's pretty darn good with avocado. 
and then salt and pepper. That sounds really good. It is really good. And and um, if you do, if you want to just smash, if you have a perfect avocado and you just want to mash it with a fork and have it not be so um, uh, more viscous, yeah, yeah, <laughs> then um, you need to mince the cilantro pretty good. Otherwise, if you put it in the blender, then you get a creamier thing, and you can toss it with greens or um, spread it on um, toasted. French bread would be great. It's really good. It sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fresh avocados. Yay. So, yeah, salad dressings are such an important thing. This time of year, yep. you know, with the salad greens, yeah. so delicious. And I'm, I'm guilty of just defaulting to the classic vinaigrette, vinaigrette with yeah. an add of whatever. Um, yeah. Ooh, look, I put shallots in it today. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I did get in but that rut. I, and I'm trying <laughs> lately to make a small amount of vinaigrette so that I'm using it all because mm -hmm. otherwise if you put fresh anything in it and you yeah. have leftover, it doesn't, I don't like vinaigrette that's been in the fridge. Olive oil doesn't like to be in the fridge. No. Uh -uh. But um, shallots and fresh herbs don't like to be sitting on the counter for three days. Yeah. So well, yeah, that's dangerous, especially garlic. Yeah. I mean, you can get that botulism, which just yeah. isn't worth salad that dressing. That will really ruin <laughs> yeah. your salad. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe your whole day. <laughs> So, yeah, so um, I'm trying to make smaller amounts if okay. I want to put something fresh in them. And uh, right now, there's a lot, there's great strawberries, great blueberries. There's uh, raspberries have been starting to show up. And um, this vinaigrette is just, um, it's basically our, our basic vinaigrette that we love, which is uh, in, for the using um, citrus juice instead of the vinegar for okay. acid and olive oil. And fresh strawberries or blueberries just mashed up with a fork. Oh, instead of jam. Okay, yeah. what a good idea. Fresh berries. And then um, if you use uh, fresh berries, add some fresh thyme leaves and okay. a little drizzle of honey, and it's delicious. Okay. You could put poppy seeds in that. You could. <gasps> oh, you could. <laughs> I know. See? <laughs> See there? Anyway. Do you have uh, any other dressings that you like that you use? Um, well, I, I mean, I hate a, to beat a horse to death, but I mean, that I have one a sounds really, really good. Favorite uh, Caesar dressing, and I just never buy Caesar dressing because, first of all, commercial Caesar dressings, I have never found one that has anchovies in it, mm -hmm. and you can't have. I'm sorry, but you cannot have Caesar dressing mm -hmm. without anchovies. Mm -hmm. So, and they never have enough garlic. So, I like making my own Caesar dressing. I have a bacon buttermilk, uh, like a ranch style that I like very, very much. But that's from a restaurant, my old restaurant, and it um, makes, you know, a wash tub. And yeah. I have never <laughs> figured out how to make a very small amount of that. I know that you make a buttermilk. Yeah, just um, pretty much chop up every herb in my garden and then and buttermilk. And then... Um, some yogurt and some olive oil. You know, um, when you said put that tablespoon of sour cream, now this is just totally a personal thing of mine, but I don't like sour cream in salad dressings because to me it tastes chalky. I'll oh. put buttermilk in, I'll, you know, for tang, I'll, yeah. I'll put, you Creme know. fresh. Yep, or more citrus. But, but for some reason when I put um, just sour cream, nothing else in there, it just tastes chalky to me. I don't like the mouthfeel. Huh. And and it's just it's a uh, just an idiosyncrasy of mine. It's not like a, you know, a, a chemical thing. Yeah, or like a. Well, a, I mean, I guess it is a chemical thing. Anybody else agrees with? But 
But yeah, that's me. My it's hero. just yours. Yeah. It's all yours. Yeah. Although I, um, if I have creme fraiche, I will always default for that yeah. to that because I think it is superior in the way that uh, it isn't superior necessarily, but it's more nuanced than sour cream in the way that tarragon is more nuanced than basil. Yeah, it's, it's, you know just, I mean? it's just really delicious. And I know I've talked about this before. I'll take 20 seconds. You can make it at home. Creme fraiche is so expensive. Just take some heavy cream and put in um, a little bit of buttermilk. The, it, the quantity would be a tablespoon or two of buttermilk per cup of cream and just leave it sit on your counter. I know you don't want to do that but it'll take between 10 and 36 hours to get thick so that if you tip the container it will not tip and voila you have creme fraiche and put it in your fridge at at an eighth of the price of what it is in the store and delicious yeah it sure is completely delicious yeah. Yeah. hey i wonder if um because the buttermilk is the culture mm -hmm. I wonder if you could use a yogurt culture i think you can because i use a yogurt culture in my buttermilk that, oh. that um, oh. is it not Bavarian? Bul Bulgarian. Bulgarian, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bavarian. <laughs> <laughs> One of those the, bee the, countries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, um, I think it's just different in that you don't heat it up. That's pretty much the yeah. only thing. But they all taste so similar, you yeah. know. Yeah, delicious. Yes, indeed. Well, yeah. I went to a garage sale. What? What? I you know. didn't buy kitchen equipment, did you? I may have. Oh, God. So my friend went before me, and she called, and she's like, oh, you have to go to this garage sale. But she tragically, not for me, but she had, but for him, she dragged her husband to <laughs> it, too. And so he had time to, like, just, like, sit and think and have his brain wander. <laughs> and that woman had about 225 cookbooks. And oh so he said, I bet God. Linda would want these. How much for all of them? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, so they pulled up to my house with, with a nine banana boxes full of cookbooks, and I called them an enabler. <laughs> I guess. I guess. But, oh, they're great. They're just great. Any that you had already? You know, just a few, but this is a woman who, wow. who had more than one house and um, is just selling this one and just kept the same things that she loved at each house rather than moving books between the houses. So not not the kind of money I have, <laughs> but oh, man, they're great. Really wow. good books. So uh, you are, when are you building that edition? Then? I know, I know. We have to make bookcases. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I love cookbooks. I know. Well, you use them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so You're fun. You're going to have to go ideas. to the paid version of Eat Your Book. I'm going to have to go to a meeting. Oh, no. I, I was on the paid version when it was beta. Because. <laughs> I just know there's a free one. <laughs> there, There is a free one, but there's a limit to the number of books yeah. you can put on there. And <laughs> yes. you are so far over the line. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. For uh, folks who might be uh, new to Food Talk, <laughs> welcome. Um don't touch that dial, really. <laughs> uh, uh, Eat Your Books is a free uh, uh, website. Um, Google it and check it out. It is free up to a reasonable number of cookbooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then beyond that, you need to pay a nominal monthly fee. Uh, but uh, it is a way to you just enter the title or the author or the ISBN number of your cookbooks. And then it... Uh, it's like an index. It is. So that later you can go to that website. Uh, you'll have your own page there, and you can uh, go into your recipe thing and say, I've got um, 
I've got fresh spinach. What what can I do with it? And it will t- pull up every recipe in your library that uses that ingredient. Yeah, and you can put more than one in, and it'll also it also indexes recipe titles. So you're like, I want to make creme brulee. I made it out of some book. What was it? And then you can see all your books that have creme brulee. Yeah, it's just a really wonderful thing yeah, I really if you like have. More than one cookbook. You use, you end up using a lot more books. You just don't go to the couple that you always use. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it makes cooking more interesting. Yeah. It makes eating more interesting. And it make, and it justifies uh, for either a very small amount of money or no money at all having all those cookbooks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In a way, yeah. Well, speaking of indexes, the Food Web came out with their new farm guide. Oh, yeah. I love that thing. And this one... It's better than ever. So it's a, it's just a, a brochure. It's a sturdy brochure, which I appreciate. You know, I don't have to flop it all over the place. And it just has all the farmer's markets and the farms and orchards and things in our area, in the Pacific Northwest. And in, it's, uh, mostly in Pacific and Clasip counties. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, and, and farmer's markets outside the area. And um, it's really wonderful. Yeah, and it's just really, really easy to use. It gives you a lot of information. Um in a very, you know, quick and accessible way. It's not a whole lot of reading. You know, I don't like to do that. <laughs> but um, just so much information, even things like if you can visit the farm, can you just drop in? Can you call ahead? Don't go at all. That's the X. <laughs> you are not welcome. <laughs> We're trying to run a farm here. I know, I know. It's not a tourist attraction. Oh, but there are some farms where we are absolutely welcome to wander. Um uh, but I will say that uh, the food guide is available for free. I know that there will be they will be available very soon at the um, visitor center over in Long Beach, okay. and uh, you can always come to uh, to the food web um, at five seventy seven Eighteenth Street. We are there reliably on Thursdays for egg day from nine to four. But come pick up a uh, next time you're in the hood, pick up a farm guide because it's a way to find your farmer when it's not market season. That's mm-hmm. when I feel yeah. like it's really useful. Is mm-hmm. like it's winter, but I still want what I know you have. You yeah. Know? So yeah. Um, and I got to sign up for my CSA. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a very cool thing. And uh, I will take a minute and remind you that Food Talk is a co-production of North Coast Food Web and Coast Community Radio. So, any plans? Um, any plans? <laughs> <laughs> That's not how I work. Anyway, <laughs> no. But um, uh, I was at the store the other day, and I noticed a new kind of salmon. Have you seen it? Uh, Silver Bright? No. Okay, so because um, uh, I'm trying to learn how to cook fish better. You know, I am shopping for it every week, which isn't something that I always did. And all of a sudden, this new fish showed up. And I mean, it's it's heavy in the case. It's like two-thirds of the case. And it's called Silver Bright. And it is cheap. I mean, you can have two pounds for a pack of cigarettes cheap, right? Is it farm? It must be farmed salmon. Well, that's well. I said, I have never heard of Silver Bright. And then the, the person behind the counter said, I have never heard of Silver Bright before either. What? And then um, she said, have you heard of blah, 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 something I don't remember? No, I hadn't heard of that. Do you know what it is? No. It's chum. Yes. Oh. They are trying to get us to eat chum. Isn't that something? Now, any of you who watch the Discovery Channel Shark Week know what chum is. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm surprised that they're trying to push that in the Pacific Northwest. I know, I know. I you mean, think I, they'd I, be successful in Des Moines. 
or a kindergarten somewhere or <laughs> something, you know? And so, so it looks very soft and mushy, oily. It, it looks not, not damaged, but it looks like, like somebody caught that fish with a club, you know, uh-huh. um, um, and beat it a lot. It's just, it, 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 it doesn't look appealing and it's chum. Wow. Anyway, that was really a surprise to me. All right. That's interesting and really good to know, especially if asking <laughs> if, if asking the, the person in the seafood section and they don't know the answer, then really <laughs> it's up to us to find out. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, Surprise. Yeah, very. Okay, that was kind of negative. <laughs> <laughs> the positive thing yeah. is the good salmon that we still have. I, yeah. you know, I, oh, yeah. I, um, I love sockeye salmon. I do too. Yeah, I really, I really like, like it. Coho. I like mm-hmm. I, every flavor of salmon, <laughs> yeah, yeah. except maybe chum. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I like sockeye because for me, that one more than any of them because, you know, I just love to grill stuff. That one, uh, it's so easy to grill. It doesn't get stuck. I don't know. There's just a little something about the sockeye. I don't know if it's a little firmer or what. It doesn't taste firmer, but it just grills better. And so I think that that's one reason that that is pretty much my go-to. Yum. (laughs) It's all good. So um, I had kind of an interesting vegetable experience. Really? Vegetables are more my speed. Do tell. Okay, so and but this is this is kind of speaks to how it's important to have a relationship with your farmer, with the person that you get vegetables from. Okay, so so I needed some scallions and I got some scallions and they showed up and they were scallions for dinosaurs. I mean they were scallions that were I mean, they could have been three feet long. You know, they were just gigantic. I showed them to you. They were like baby leeks. They they were gigantic. Yeah. I mean, they were as long as leeks. I mean, easily. They were just so giant. And normally something like that would be so overgrown and so strong. Do you know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. And sometimes the texture is funky. Yeah. But it's from Springer Farms. And it's such a good farm. And I have a good relationship with her. And so um, anyway, I tried them and they were delicious. They are so delicious. Isn't that something? I know what you're talking about. And I have them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They are so delicious. And And, and I never would have bought them or tried them if, if I hadn't known the farmer. And trusted the farmer, like that, knowing that the farmer has a good reputation and that she is trying stuff before she is, you know, putting it in her farm stand. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and and that 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 relationship, I think, is really important. I think that it really um, helps the quality of what you cook and eat. Yeah. You know, to have I somebody to say. I do know. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> I mean, I I do know, and um, I think that. Um, there's this whole other benefit besides the obvious advantages of getting hugely delicious, fresh, right now food. Mm-hmm. You know, not not a week mm-hmm. ago it got picked and then it sat in cold storage somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also in terms of just getting, keeping, somebody gets all the money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the person that gets all the money is someone you know. Yeah. It may not be a neighbor, but it's someone mm-hmm. right here at home, and they are raising their yep. family and working hard. And and and, and what is money? Them. But it represents your time. It takes your time to earn your money, yep. and that is a portion of your life. That's a pretty precious thing. Yep. And, yeah, it, it, it is good to take care of where that goes. Yep. Yeah, and she says stuff like, I don't know what's going on with my carrots, but for some reason... Kids who never eat carrots are eating them this week. Now, okay, so then they're probably pretty sweet. I'll grill them, and they were so good, you know. Oh, they just, were so good. Yeah, just, I got some of. I you you brought 
care packages to my house <laughs> that day. So uh, Tom and I got uh, seafood Louis and grilled zucchini and carrots, fabulous salads. It was really good. But just that information, you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't get that anywhere but from a farmer, which I think is so cool. Yeah. I do, too. I'm grateful for them all. Anything you've been cooking? Um, uh, well, let's see. Um, I did a chicken, like just a, you know, cut, cut it really, th- pound it really thin. And um, a yard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then egg wash. And um, I did not have, I like it with panko and I didn't have any panko. I just okay. had bed- breadcrumbs and I didn't want it with breadcrumbs. So okay. interestingly or not, I threw some, um, uh, the non- uh, name brand version of Triscuits. Okay. You know, the <gasps> what a good idea. Into the blender. Okay. And ground them up into crumbs. That's a great idea. And breaded the um, chicken breast with it and then just, you know, pan fry it really fast. And um, I, it makes a really pretty darn good. That's such a good idea. I, I have I have a nephew who, until he was like 25, would not voluntarily eat. And in fact, the only things he would eat were chicken fingers, Doritos, and then those little cheese puffs that aren't uh, cheese. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I put some Doritos, not in a blender, but I just banged them up in a Ziploc bag and I breaded chicken fingers with that. And it was like, a new food, what? <laughs> a third thing he could eat. <laughs> Will you make those things for me, Auntie? Would you? (laughs) They're so delicious. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, anyway, cracker crumbs. um, I think that when when I stopped to think of that because I was trying to come up with with something that would replace panko, um, I I realized that I have a ton of different kinds of crackers and that I could be using them for that sort of thing all the time. Yeah, they put cracker crumbs around crab cakes. Yeah, and I and and cracker crumbs in like uh, clam fritters, but I've always just used saltines for that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, interesting. Sometimes it's hard to think out of the box, but you always do that really well. Well, um, it's uh, you know despair is <laughs> <laughs> inspirational as it turns out. <laughs> so yeah, so I would recommend that. Um, I don't know what else I've been cooking last night. Uh, uh, my <laughs> this is the get this stuff out of my refrigerator yeah, meal where yeah. I, you know, had like a half of a ch- because I had cut the chicken breast in uh, half lengthwise and then pounded it really thin. Okay. So then I had this other thin piece. So I just cut it in um, uh, strips and sauteed it. And stirred in a little of the really good Memphis barbecue sauce from Smoke Bones. I don't know if you've tried that, but I had some sauce left. No, I haven't. And uh, so he got a barbecue chicken okay. sandwich. Fresh watermelon lately. I, yeah. I do have to admit that I have been substituting uh, watermelon for salads lately <laughs> yeah. because it's just so stinking good. It's, it's really good. I saw that the Portland ketchup people have a new barbecue sauce. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't tried it or anything, but I just saw that it, it exists. was born. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, I have to look for it. I yeah. like barbecue sauce. Me too. And I tend to like homemade barbecue sauce, but it is one of those things I don't use very often. So. Well, it's so much work to make it. Yeah, and then you have 
a lot. Yeah. And what are you going to do? I mean, unless you're using it for tub. everything. <laughs> I imagine it would make a pretty good salad dressing stirred in with uh, some mayonnaise and some uh, citrus. Uh, you don't think so? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like uh, Thousand Island without the ketchup, right? Yeah. But uh, too weird. <laughs> I think the smoke flavor is what would throw me off. Well, and the uh, barbecue sauce is a wide... You know, some of them are sweet, That's true. some of yeah. them are hot, yeah. it's some It's like of them breakfast are cereal. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly like breakfast cereal. No, but, I mean, there's so many varieties. <laughs> there's as many varieties. <laughs> well, I made a bunch of Greek food last night. I like doing that. Yeah. I do that a couple times a year. So I made pork souvlaki. I use pork tenderloin and Ooh. then um, marinated in garlic and lemon juice and olive oil and then Greek seasoning uh-huh. and um, grill Greek seasoning being... The one that I use is the one from that spice store that's up in Seattle. I think it's called El Greco. Um, but there's a lot of good ones. Spice store in town has a good Greek seasoning. There, there's a lot of good Greek seasoning. And you can just use Greek oregano. That's the uh-huh. majority of it. And it, it's still really good. Yeah. Yeah. So um, grilled it up and I made some tabbouleh, that bulgur wheat salad with tomatoes and onions and cucumbers so and a lot of parsley. And then... Um, I made, uh, I didn't make any bubba ganoush, but I wish I had because I love to say it, the bubba ganoush, <laughs> the eggplant mushy thing. But I made some, I made a Greek salad and I made, um, come on, tzatziki, you know, cucumber and garlic and uh-huh. dill and, cu- and um, yogurt dip. And then um, that naan bread, I just put it on the grill. There's something else I made, but I can't think. Oh, hummus. I made some hummus. Wow, that sounds like a really lavish meal yeah for for a greek just a greek feast it was fun yeah and um so there'll be non on that for a few days (laughs) (laughs) opa (laughs) i saw uh in one of the uh, ubiquitous cooking magazines laying around on my side of the dining table um there was a take on um uh greek salad that had uh, roasted tomatoes or grilled tomatoes. In oh, what a good idea, huh? Yeah, I think so. Really good idea. I mean, I love salsa with roasted tomatoes. I think it's just delicious, but I never thought of doing it with anything else, of course, because I like to think inside my box. <laughs> that's No, that's just great. Yeah, huh. and roasted tomatoes in a, a vinaigrette would be great. Well, and that's funny because I had a vinaigrette that I had made, ooh, and I put shallots in it, <laughs> and I didn't really feel like making Greek dressing, so I just tossed a bunch of that, that Greek seasoning in there, and voila, I had Greek dressing. And so Very I'm, cool. Uh, I think the big difference is there's quite a lot of red wine vinegar in the Greek dressing I make, and this was white wine vinegar. Ooh, big deal. So, anyway. (laughs) It would make a really good uh, marinade for me, too. Yeah. Or uh, Yeah, most dressings do, it seems. Uh Uh-huh. Well, not necessarily the main easy ones, but the vinaigrettes all do. And you know that Triscuit thing? You know what it made me think of? My grandma used to make this chicken breast smeared with mayonnaise with cornflakes all over it. Oh! (laughs) Oh! Uh, my, how things have changed. Well, mayonnaise, could, you know, it can be a beauty treatment, so I'm sure that that chicken was gorgeous. Uh, uh, grandma thought it was. Hey, uh, cornflakes have uh, uh, traditionally been a, an ingredient in many, many things. Yeah, because you can even buy them all ground up. I mean, you can. What? I'm not making that up. I have one in my pantry. It's a little box of of just, I don't know what they call them, ground up cornflakes or cornflake dust or i don't know what they call it but it has the word cornflake and then some other word that describes that the bejesus is pounded out of it i just don't know what it is <laughs> but yeah really yep, well got the little chicken on the front yeah all right <laughs> 
they're su- they're a little sweet. Yeah. So that'd be interesting. I think the place that I have seen it used most is fried chicken in that sure. in with the flour. You could do the same thing by grinding up the wheat thin type crackers. You know they're yeah. sweet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I have seen Ritz crackers ground up oh, in yeah. recipes for a lot of stuff, and yeah. especially like savory pies in the pie crust. Yeah, what about the mock apple pie? No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no. Yes, that is a big no across no. the board. Don't ever fall for that. No. That's just a terrible way to get you to buy Ritz crackers. <laughs> That's all it is. It's not even, uh, they don't even pretend to give you a good recipe. No. What the heck? Well, the... Um, the guy, the fruit stand out there on 101, he says he's just going to be there till the, I think the end of the week. He might have said Wednesday, might have oh. said Saturday, but that's pretty much the end of that, I guess. Boo-hoo. Well, he's got stone fruits. He's got berries. Yeah. Yeah. I just love being able to get the stuff that's in the valley here and not having to make one gigantic trip there. Yes. Nice well, not all of us drive up there and get no. a ton <laughs> no. of blackberries. Well, and, and then just before, you know, everything gets ripe here. So yeah. it's just a nice early thing for us it's cool that he does that yep it is and and it is a harbinger of summer for us because we don't really get good stone fruit here until much later yeah i mean i I, i'm eating watermelon from way east (laughs) (laughs) because it's just not gonna well we're not gonna do watermelon at all here but um or corn for that matter yeah but it's starting to get closer to home. Yeah. And uh, when I really want something, my definition of local expands to be state. Yes. <laughs> or maybe just two states, you know, Washington and yes. Oregon. Yes, they're cherries. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh, the cherries. Yeah. I love Rainier cherries. I think they're so delicious. Yeah, they are so delicious. Such a goofy color, blushy yellow, but they're just delicious. Yes. They absolutely are. It is 10 o'clock. No. I, I don't know what to say. Uh, I do know what to say. They should give us three hours. Oh, God. <laughs> this is a beloved radio station. Linda, do you want to kill it? Do you? Is that the hope? <laughs> what not to do for three hours. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, So what I want to say to you is, and what I'm happy to say to you is that you are listening to Coast Community Radio, KMUN Astoria 91.9 FM, KTCB Tillamook 89.5 FM, streaming at coastradio.org and on your mobile using the TuneIn app. It is coming up on one minute after, and that means that we're going to go to um, NPR News Headlines, and then John Stevenson is in the house to bring us Lost Highways at six minutes after the hour, so stay tuned. Linda Perkins, thank you so much. Thank you, Marianne.